Thank you for joining For Our Special Kids, where we openly and honestly discuss the magic and the mess of raising a child with special needs. We are thrilled to have you here and hope this time provides you with some wonder and wisdom. I'm your host, Jennifer Lansing. Let's get started. You will always be the miracle that makes my life complete. Unknown. Happy Valentine's Day week. Today's episode is real. I reached out to Deborah Labkin to talk about love. And without even really talking about love, we talked all about love. Love for a child, love for self, love for family and friends, love for the journey we're all on. Deborah's story is very personal for me. Her work with her daughter Haley has opened doors for Teal. And for that, I am forever in love. I hope you enjoy and let me know what you think. I am joined today by Deborah Lapkin, who is a fellow Tahoe resident and actually my neighbor, very close. I can see her house. Uh, Deborah and her family have lived in Lake Tahoe, California for the last 32 plus years. So she's been here a little bit longer than I have. Uh, she is a certified Iyengar yoga instructor and teaches here in Tahoe at the yoga room. She offers private lessons and will be offering some yoga retreats in the very near future. Deborah is a wife and a mother of two children, Tyler and Haley. Her daughter Haley was born with osteogenesis imperfecta, a brittle bone disease. When Deborah was 30 years old, she had Haley. And as she says, this was a life changer for me. So thank you, Deborah, for joining me today. And we are going to focus on love and compassion for ourselves and, and love for our children. So I'm thrilled to have you have you with us. Thank you. I appreciate it. Well, let's get right into it. Tell me about the journey that you've been on. Just thinking about doing this and talking about it. And even now, so like just lately thinking about my life, you know, having her and it's been very emotional for me. <laughs> I never realized really what I was doing at the time raising her, mm. how much I did. You know, it was just an automatic thing. I picked up my bootstraps and dealt with what I had to deal with. You know, I was pretty much, I mean, my husband was an amazing parent in, in taking care of the kids. I mean, Haley was born and it was all about Haley, 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 Haley. And there was my little three-year-old boy who was very special and still is in so many ways. I had to always think about him and his needs. I mean, that was really important to me because mm -hmm. Haley was this always the center of the interactions with people, the talk about Haley. But I think about it now and it was like, I can't believe I did what I did. Haley had many, many surgeries and she was in the hospital a lot. So I spent, we spent pretty much um, her younger years going back and forth to hospitals, always with pneumonia. Brittle bone disease, I want to explain is osteogenesis imperfecta, imperfect bones. Yeah. And you guys, let's, let's back up. So you didn't know that in the womb, any of this was going on with Haley. And so you 
unbeknownst to you and the doctors, you gave birth to her vaginally. Yes. And that breaks bones. She had 22 fractures at birth. When I was pregnant with Haley, I knew something was wrong. I knew. And I knew the night we conceived because I lied in bed that night and I said, what did I just do? I felt I really did. And it's hard to even explain that to people, but there was this huge fear in me that night. Wow. Throughout my pregnancy with her, there were always these little things hit me that said, you know, there, this is, this is going to be a challenge. And I didn't say anything to anybody. And I didn't want to think that I thought everything's fine. She didn't move very much inside me. Thank God, because she probably wouldn't have been alive. I didn't exercise that whole nine months because I didn't feel good, um, which was kind of another blessing. All in the end, it's a blessing. But at the time, it was scary for me. And then when I did have her, and I had her vaginally, yes, she had 22 fractures at birth. And um, when they delivered her, I, you know, I said, well, what did I have? What did I have? And then they said, she said, it's the doctor's honor to tell you. And um, he said, you have, you had a little girl, but there's something wrong with her legs. And I, I knew because I looked up and I saw these little legs that were like sausages and swollen. Mm-hmm. Um, they took her to intensive care and a doctor came into my room. And it's if you can picture in your mind, this dark room. And you're the only one in the bed. And this doctor comes in and he's standing, God, at least five feet away from my bed with this big manual. And he said to me, your daughter has osteogenesis imperfecta. She has brittle bone disease. And the two questions I asked was, how's her brain? And will she ever walk? (laughs) Sorry. No, it's fine. We cry all the time on this podcast, all the time. (laughs) So those were the two questions I asked. And both of them were, I don't know, Mm -hmm. you know, we're going to do a brain scan. And there's four, I think there's four stages of osteogenesis imperfecta. And they put on her a stage, I think it was stage two, which they die after birth. And they told me she wasn't going to make it through the night. In so many ways, I was relieved because I didn't know how to deal with this. You know, I just did not know how to deal with it. I don't know what, what is brittle bones? What does that mean? How will I care for this child? I mean, I had so many things and I remember telling my husband, cause I couldn't deal with it alone. I said, call everybody, call my whole family, call my brothers and sisters. And my mom had Tyler. So she was here in Tahoe at the time. And I just needed this huge support, which of course, you know, Tahoe is so supportive. It was amazing. Anyways, um, I was, she was in the hospital for, I think two weeks. She didn't have that sucking sensation. So we had to garbage her. I had to learn how to do that and bring her home, feeding her through a tube. I must've gained like 40 pounds with this pregnancy. And I had lost 20 in less than a week. I mean, I was just beside myself. Yeah. And then I had this three-year-old beautiful little boy that I started clamping onto and which is a, is very normal. 
this quote unquote perfect baby. Yeah. I remember it being very dark for me and I felt very alone. I felt like my world had stopped and the world kept going. You know, your world stops. How am I going to deal with this? Your specific story relates to so many people lonely, fearful, extreme fear, not just fearful. I, I kind of, that came out of my mouth and I was like, no, that's not it. That's not a strong enough word. It's debilitating. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, you're telling the story that so many of us lived through and there are people listening that are in it right now. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about Haley now in okay. terms of how old is she? She's going to be 38 on the 22nd of this month. (laughs) She's a miracle baby. Yes, she is. I always say love grows. Love grows. Mm -hmm. And I don't know about you, but this town helped me raise this child. They did. Because all they knew to give her was love and acceptance. You know, if I was in a big, bigger city, I would have been lost as just a number, but not here. Mm-mm. People cared and it was always positive energy towards Haley, loving energy towards Haley. And she grew and she grew and she grew. But Haley now at almost 38 is living on her own. She does have caregivers. She lives in another state away from us in Oregon, which is, you know, maybe six hours away. We can do that. She has a partner which she's been with this lovely, lovely lady for 11, 12 years. Angie is her name. And she's an angel. She came into Haley's life as an angel. And she just truly loves Haley, truly loves her. And Haley has just blossomed, just blossomed. And she has lovely caregivers, which we are so blessed. And I thank God every day that she has care. Larry and I, my husband, um, really haven't been her full-time caregivers since she went away to college, which was in 2003. She graduated, took her five years, but you know what? We were saying you can stay in as long as you want. <laughs> you <laughs> took know? me took me four and a half. So I mean, you know, let's just be honest. Five's not Whatever, a good deal. Whatever <laughs> you know works for you. Yeah, I really taught her as she grew up to be proud of who she was. Even though she may look a little different, she was still the same as all the other kids. I I mainstreamed her in the public school system. I went to the school and said, my daughter is going to be coming to school and I'm, I'm going to be needing aids to be with her all day. The school district up here was more than willing to work with me. They were amazing. Yeah, they are still. I got lifts put in schools. I got elevators to work again in schools and I advocated for her the first, I'm going to say four years going to each class and talking to the kids about who Haley was, this little girl in a wheelchair you'll see in the halls and teaching the kids, even at, at a kindergarten age of why Haley's in a wheelchair and why you have to be careful around her. And I did that the first four years of school, because then the kids were going to follow her on through, you know, uh, middle school and high school. And the questions they asked, how does Haley eat? And how does she lie down? 
and who dresses her? Mm-hmm. And, I mean, just these cute little questions. And I, and I would say, well, I help her and we have to pick her up very carefully. And if you see Haley in the halls, say hi to her. She does talk just like you. And she loves ice cream, just like you. You know, I try to find the similarities of what kids at at such a young age love to do. And I said, she loves to do all of those things that you kids love to do. I said, but she doesn't walk and she's in a wheelchair and her wheelchair is her legs. She's very friendly. So go up and say hi. Well, she ended up being one of the most popular kids (laughs) in the school. Yeah. In grammar school, it changed once they got to middle school because kids at that age are pretty much into themselves. You know, it's like, I want to fit in. I want to be popular. And Haley kind of got lost. So who stepped in, but my husband and myself, you know, on weekends would just take her all kinds of places. You know, we traveled with her. She still has three super lovely friends in her life that she went to school with that stayed on with her and love her so much. So, you know, how many friends do you need? Exactly. I don't have have a lot of friends. I have a lot of acquaintances, but not a lot of friends. A couple of things. While you were talking about the elevators and the lifts, I don't know if you saw, I started crying. Yeah. Because Teal uses those. (laughs) You know, my Teal uses those because you, you did that because you mainstreamed to her because you created that for her. You know, yes, Teal is walking, but she still, you know, uses her wheelchair every now and then. And she still uses that elevator when she gets into school. And you did that for her. And, you know, I think sometimes we underestimate just the power of these little actions that help our children. You never know who else they're going to help. You know, doing these interviews, you never know who's going to listen and say, I have a child with brittle bone and I am where you were at year two. What would you tell that person that has a two-year-old or a a one-year-old or a one-month-old? They're in this. They're in it. I think I would say, for one, I did go see shrinks. Mm -hmm, I had to talk to somebody. And I think that's really powerful. I love how you call them shrinks. (laughs) We call them therapists now, Deborah. (laughs) Well, Okay, therapist. Um, I thought that was really, really helpful for me. Yeah. And actually, my first therapist, she had a child that had a distorted face. And we would actually sit in my sessions and both ball our eyes out. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt so safe to feel safe in, in any of your thoughts that maybe you couldn't tell somebody else. Right? Yeah. So I felt safe. So that was that's one thing I would say if you're if you're struggling is to get some help and have somebody that knows you and that you can call in anytime. Two, just having a very supportive family has really, really helped me. My mom was very supportive with me, with my daughter. Anytime I needed a break or Larry and I needed a break, my mom would step in. And I was fortunate. You know, not everybody has that at their at their hand. And I think having really good friends to help you along the way. I needed a lot of love and support around me. And I had that. And I reached out. That was another thing. I reached out. 
just to sit and chat with my girlfriends and cry on the phone with them for hours. So I think that's very helpful. Yeah. And I think one of the things that people don't know how to help. And I, I think that is probably the hardest part is if you're not someone who asks for help, i.e. me, <laughs> I'm not real good at reaching out and asking for help. I mean, heck, you live a stone's throw from my house. I can see your house <laughs> and I don't ask for help. I don't say, hey, Deborah, any chance that you could come up, I need to run to the grocery store and teal. And I wish you would. I know. And that's what I'm, I'm saying. I'm here for you. I, I want you to know I will do anything I can to help anybody who needs help. I know. And that's, that's, so for me, as, as I'm listening to you and as I'm hoping people hear you, yes, we have to reach out. However, if you were looking at a person with a child with special needs, like what are the things that you can offer? I was watching an Instagram post, actually, a woman said, it's hard when you ask someone, how can I help? Because you're like, uh, 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 I, uh, uh, I know I need help, but right now everything is escaping me and I, I can't even, I can't even breathe. And she said, sometimes just saying, Hey, here's two movie tickets. You guys are going to the movies and I'm going to watch your children or here is a meal yes. or here is, Hey, I ordered you. Hello. Fresh is being delivered in tomorrow night for you guys. So it really opened my eyes to how sometimes reaching out for the help is the hardest thing. Accepting help's not hard for me. Like when someone oh. says, here's this, I'm like, oh my gosh, thank you so much. So it's an interesting balance and something that maybe we're all, as we're listening, we can try to even just think through some, some ways to give love. You know, this is a love episode and you can feel the love that you have for Haley and, and the love that you have for your family and the strong relationship you and love you have for your husband. It's also about how can we give love to others? Like how can we be of service in love and, and opening our heart to one another? These children, they make us better people. Oh, yeah. You know, every day is a gift on this earth. And and you need to grasp that. And I talk to Haley every day. She's just so well adjusted to go through what she goes through. But she's she's happy. She's got a podcast, her and Angie. It's called Angie and Haley Present. Good to know. She's amazing. You know, so proud of who she is. The love that you have, the love that just comes from you as a just a human being, there's no way that Haley couldn't have that in her because she was raised in that environment. I, and I think there's so many beautiful lessons that telling our kids every day, you're powerful and your ability is profound and you are beautiful and you're smart yeah. and you're more than anyone ever expects. And you are. Yeah. And you do that too, Jen. You do. You are an amazing mom. I look at you and I think you're an amazing mom. You are. And it's not easy. And we do the best we can. And asking the universe for help. I always ask for guidance. Please help me. How am I going to get through this? And somehow I'd always get the help. And I always thank the higher power, whoever it may be in anybody's eyes. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing this, your story and thank you for sharing the love and the, the light for people that are perhaps in the, in the depths of it right now, because there is, there is magic in the mess. 
if anybody needs to talk, they can call me or they can email me. I will put all of that in the show notes for people. That's a hugely kind offer. Yeah. I mean, I would be more than willing to help people find guidance in their own situation because sometimes we don't know how. We don't know how to go about that. And you, you know, just like you said, you feel lost. Thank you very much for spending time with us. I do have one closing question for you. And that is, what is one word that you would use to describe Haley? A bright light. Mm. I think she's a bright light. I think she's amazing. Well, you're amazing too. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you found one or two meaningful nuggets of information to make your day better. If you think there's value in what we do, please take a moment to tell another friend, family member, or caregiver. We'd love to hear from you at forourspecialkids at gmail.com. You can send in a question, a comment, a topic that you'd like to learn more about, or if you'd like us to highlight a certain person, please send that information to us. It makes our show so much better and so much more valuable for you. Our Facebook and Instagram handle is for our special kids. And finally, remember to witness the wonder and the wisdom within yourself and others. Until next time.